It's uh, that time of year where we're wishing the very best to everyone in our city and in our country. Unfortunately, though, there are indicators uh, that um, there are there's a surge in cyber crimes that is specifically targeting seniors. And we are joined now by Mohit Ranjans, a nationally syndicated radio columnist. He's appearing weekly on national morning shows. He's a trusted speaker, a podcaster. And he's got a company, Think Start Inc. Uh, Mohit, thank you so much for being here. And always a pleasure. Okay. What makes you say that there is a rise, there is a surge in cybercrimes targeting seniors? A quick scan of local news in different markets is starting to show that authorities in different cities from St. Catharines right to Toronto are seeing a rise in reported cyber crimes uh, targeting seniors. Now, we, I've been tracking this all year, specifically starting with this idea of the grandparent scam. And so for anybody who isn't familiar with that, really, it was a title given to a scam that became common for voice cloning on Facebook and the way grandparents phishing scams were happening for emails from relatives that weren't real. And it became a problem unnaturally because people of a certain age might not be as suspicious or might not necessarily think that their internet activity could uh, lead to something so detrimental. And so this massive awareness started where this grandparent scam became the education side of what we wanted to educate seniors about happening online. But now, around holiday season, what we're starting to see is as more and more people are active online as a result of convenience and feeling connected and feeling secure, there becomes this vulnerability, this gap in being able to tap into the senior population. So how, how actionable are these crimes? How, how can we get justice for those who have been, um, who have been violated? That's the biggest discrepancy in all of this. On one hand, you and I should be able to, if we know of somebody that needs this direction, you and I should be able to go to a Facebook website or a YouTube website or whatever and be able to deactivate and manage something. We could probably do that for most of our banking situations right now. But there is little to no guidance online about what to do and if you have been locked out of your account or duped out of money or who is accountable. In fact, I, as a you know, as somebody who considers myself somewhat a professional bet, cannot find information when it comes down to guiding people that I know of that have been led down the path of uh, being a victim of a cybercrime. Okay, so it seems like what you're saying then is that prevention is the the name of the game. So how do we help the seniors in our lives to be a, a little more cyber savvy when, if, and when uh, one of these uh, one of these criminals tries to come after them? Well, I think we have to first of all update the blind spots. So the blind spots are very simply the fact that you know you can now get a text message, which a lot of you know people communicate on right now a direct message a text message etc that can lead to a cyber crime happening uh, you are not being refunded by the uh, government you should not be clicking on links even though you shopped at a company or, or you're a loyal customer or even a part of a loyalty program you have to understand as whatever part of the population you're in, that in most cases right now, the rules are changing when it comes down to target marketing. And so you should not be receiving personal information or financial information via electronic means unless you've given permission. And then the second thing is, and I think we all need to do this, 
we need to check in with our seniors about where their information is. You know, just because they had an email address even 10 years ago that they don't use anymore, it doesn't mean that it's dormant. It doesn't mean that they're not receiving information on there. And I think it's a really good time right now, this time of year when you're getting together with family to stop and say, okay, where is your digital footprint and how do we manage it in case of emergency? I am talking to Mohit Rajans, a nationally syndicated radio columnist. We're talking about scams that are affecting senior citizens across this country. And look, like my, my grandmother is the sweetest woman in the world. If, 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 if I needed it, she would take her, she, she would give me everything in her life to make my life a little mm. bit better. And people are preying on that generosity of spirit that a lot of members of the senior community have. Um, there's also, what, what's this lottery scam, Mohit? Yeah, there's what what's starting to happen now, and it's it's a little bit unfortunate. It, the idea is that there are there are there's this potential now. Okay, let, let's just put it this way: when you go and you you retail shop, okay, and they'll ask you for your email address or whatever, it's ubiquitous now. You'll give your phone number, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the bigger problem now is that that information, in some cases, is being sold and resold, and there's there's ways now that scams that manifest themselves look legit. So the lottery scam, for example, looks very legit when it comes into your DM on Facebook or or via WhatsApp because it comes through somebody that you think is in your friend group. But unfortunately, somebody in that chain has been hacked and therefore people are sending lots of money as a result of the scam and not receiving anything in return. I mean, it does bill itself as a lottery, so that in itself is a little bit of a prayer. But I think we both are sort of alluding to the fact that this is one of many. You know, the other one that's really bugging me right now is that, you know, for years that we asked our our people in our lives to keep their software updated and their information updated. Then yesterday I went and I realized that one of the websites that I frequent, the password was compromised. When I went and I looked, I realized there were 40 of those warnings in my spam email. How am I supposed to keep track of that <laughs> and let, let alone keep everybody else in touch with it? Mohit, there, there's, it seems to me there are, uh, there, there are three actors that we have to talk about. We've talked about the scammers. We've talked about the people who get scammed, the seniors. But there's also businesses that are being um, – so that their 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 uh their public faces being absconded with by by these scammers. How do businesses respond if their name and their likeness is being cloned or misused? Yeah, that's a great great point because I think sometimes we forget that there are people that utilize all of these platforms. So the three things that I would recommend to businesses are a even if you're not active on a platform that is popular on any form of social media, make sure you own your your brand on it. So park it, keep it there, do whatever. If you find that somebody else is using it and it's done uh, uh, maliciously, you have to be able to protect it and talk to a professional about what your protections are. You know, in some cases, people have built strong Canadian brands and you don't want, uh, you know, uh, some other place to sort of uh, cyber jacket and reuse it. And the third thing is if you have customers that have received spam email from something that looks suspicious, be courteous enough to notify your customer database that there is the suspicious email going around and make sure it's from an authority because I'm sure that your customers will appreciate it. Mohit Rajans, thank you so much for joining us on this Christmas Eve Eve, and I hope you have a <laughs> lovely and wonderful and peaceful uh, holiday season. Thank you so much for being here. You, you as well. Happy holidays.